attention, please. The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Electricity here in Columbia. What has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Bryce Stadium is second to none. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? You're your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Watch him celebrate now. Phil My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm telling you, you look like you joined Brett Davis. Welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics and built by the Barn Dominium Co. The Barndo Co. is what they're called. That's what we call them. And that's what the U.S. calls them because they're one of the nation's best builders. The Barn Dominium Co.com to build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot if you're in the market for a new house. You can't use me as your realtor for some reason, then maybe you should check them out. I could probably help you in that as well. The barndominiumco.com. John Whittle and Hale McGranahan coming up today. Hale is a late ad, so he'll be with us at the top of the hour to recap the recruiting weekend that was another, I think, pretty good one for Carolina football. They had a bunch of officials on campus, and uh, Hale will give us the latest on that coming up in about an hour here on our program in 15 minutes it is john whittle just back from gainesville florida where the gators swept out the gamecocks and headed to omaha south carolina is now home for the rest of the offseason and looking ahead to 2024 so we're certainly going to uh, recap and fuss and discuss what happened down there and look ahead the 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 for the first time in a while jc and phil the uh, foundation is solid for Coach Kingston, uh, even even with the the loss of some of the seniors and some guys going to the draft, they are returning a ton of very very good baseball players to the 2024 roster, and they are adding quickly very talented guys who will help fill that thing out as well. So um, the future certainly looks bright. Obviously, tough to to watch them fall against Florida after sweeping them in the regular season. But my prediction is you're going to see the Gators in the championship series uh, probably against Wake Forest or maybe LSU. But uh, Florida is playing as good as anybody. They have been now for a couple of weeks. Shoot, actually, they have been since Carolina swept them. I think they're 25-5 and or something like that since then. So um, hats off to Florida baseball for winning the regional or the Super Regional. And uh, hats off to Gamecock baseball for – a turnaround 2023 season. With that said, what's up, guys? 
Oh, morning, JB. Yeah, yep. Disappointing this weekend, but you know, hey, it's. I, I just look back on the season as a whole, and and it's just it's been fun. Uh, the the team was fun to watch. Uh, you could tell they were playing together for each other. It's something that you know we haven't seen here fully, I think, in a while. Um, and you know, just following it as closely as I have, it's been it's renewed my love of the game. So that's so. Hats off, Gamecock baseball. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed watching this team play uh, this year. Just about every game I watched, uh, hated to see it end. Uh, but I think the guys are all hurting because of it, and I think that could be good given the number of players you have coming back. You won't. You, they they need this series to stick with them for a while, uh, and remember how it felt. After that last out on Sunday, um, use that as motivation. They've got a lot of guys coming back. Uh, I think they're going to hit the portal for some nice pieces. Uh, don't forget, they have a couple of pitchers that were shut down at the about Ricky Williams and Roman Kimball were both shut down at the beginning and about you know before the season even started with Tommy John. So those guys will come in uh, and be back hopefully to bolster the pitching staff. Um, Anytime I think you've got Cole Messina and uh, Ethan Petrie coming back and Lee Croy is back, and Gavin Casas is back, um, I think you've got uh, – I think you got a shot. you got a nice nucleus there. Uh, the Braswell thing's interesting because uh, I, I think – gosh, Carolina was kind of on their roll. You know, I, I think some people that are close to the program thought he'd probably – hit the portal at that time, and then it looked like he wasn't. And then the last couple of weeks, it's trended in the other direction. Uh, the understanding is is that they wanted, um, you know, they couldn't guarantee him the shortstop position. And, and you know, I I do think he played well uh, fielding it at that spot. But, man, there's a big difference between him and Braylon Wimmer in terms of gunning guys out at first, right? I think everybody saw that. Um when Wimmer got back and in the lineup. So you couldn't really promise him that. I mean, you know, Will Tippett could end up being there. Uh, you could get a guy in the portal. Uh, I just don't think that uh, Kingston and those guys were in any position to say, yeah, you're our shortstop, come on back. And mm-hmm. I think that's what he's looking for. So hopefully he goes someplace to where he can play short. And you got to wish him the best. He had two really solid years at Carolina. Um, but it's like John Whittle pointed out today on the – on the website, on the Big Spur, you know, people were complaining about Tippett and his bat. Well, Tippett didn't really get thrown to the fire until SEC play. He hit 184 with just as many home runs, I think, as Braswell had maybe in his career. Um, and uh, Braswell only hit 215 in SEC play. Uh, so you're not, you know, if it is Tippett, it's short. And I'm not saying it will be because there's a lot going on uh, in the portal and things like that. I don't know where you're really losing a lot of production because uh, because we don't know for sure. Uh, had Tippett been in the lineup every day against the teams they played at the beginning of the year, that his numbers wouldn't have been significantly better. Um, but that's okay. I mean, people people love to to bash the guys that you know. You, you remember Stewart talking about how pretty the batting average is when they put it on the scoreboard. You look at it, uh, you know. So you look up there and it's 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 pretty when. You see what 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 Braswell hit two fifty two sixty two seventy something like that overall, and then you see one eighty four. That's not pretty. That's ugly. 
And so, you know, you're kind of, it's an ugly number. So, you know, I, I think mentally that's kind of where people are at. Um, and, and Braswell did such a good job last year on a, on a, a bright spot on a bad team, right? Uh, I, I think there was, a, you know, a lot of hope there. But, um, yeah, it's always sad when the season ends. Uh, I, I told Nat, um, there's a Dolly Parton song called Hard Candy Christmas. And I, I kind of got it there, but it's like, it's like, maybe I'll dye my hair. Maybe I'll take a trip somewhere. Maybe, you know, and, and it's, it's at the end of the best little whorehouse in Texas when they closed the whorehouse down, right? Uh, that's a good movie. Burt Reynolds is in it, by the way. Uh, it's a musical. So go check it out. Anyway, so the, the ladies are all packing up their lingerie and such and, and leave, leaving the house of ill repute or, or repute or whatever. And they're singing this song. And, and I think any time a season ends, you sort of just – sit back and I sat back on my porch Saturday and talked to my fiance and sort of reviewed my life and, you know, started talking about what's next, you know, cause you get, you get all into the season and all of a sudden it's over. And, and when baseball season is over around here uh, with the Gamecocks at, at any college, you know, that's it. That's the end of the year. So that's it. So we're summertime, dark period, call it the dark period, summertime, talking season, whatever you want to call it. What's well, here now. And so um, it's always sad. And I do understand people are upset and uh, frustrated and, and all that. I think Carolina baseball, I mean, you know, shoot, the injuries hadn't happened this year. They maybe get a more favorable seating. Maybe don't have to play a team like Florida. But, but I think you realize, folks, that uh, you know, the SEC is just such a different animal uh, when it comes to the sport. I mean, it's tough. Uh, and you look at the quality of teams that came to Columbia the week before, and then you look at a team like Florida, there's a big difference there. Even at that, Arkansas and Vanderbilt stubbed their toe and they're out. I think I, I think everybody's out except Florida and LSU. And quite Tennessee. frankly, oh, Tennessee, Tennessee's still yeah, in. Yeah. Um, they play the deciding game today, right? Yeah. Against Southern yeah. Miss. Well, look, guys, top to bottom – those may be the three best, most talented teams in the SEC, players-wise, not necessarily result. I mean, I know LSU and Florida certainly are up there as far as future pros. Uh, and I know the Vols have arms, and they, they they expected to be better than they were. But, hey, you know, sometimes you just, you know, you just run into a better team. And I, I thought if you just look at it, the Super this past weekend, game one was critical. I think Carolina had its chances. I think the umps obviously did not help. Um, and then things just didn't go their way toward the end. You know, that those, 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 those couple of runs they gave up, you know, I, the, the one ball Will Sanders throws, the kid puts over the fence. Uh, and then they got another kind of cheap, I don't want to say cheap, but a, a, a run where the game guy should have been. So, so if that didn't happen, Will McGillis is hitting the top of the ninth home run and, and they're sitting there bringing Beach in and winning the damn game. Um, that's just how close it is in this sport. Uh, but I, I feel like Florida, when you watch, look at their results this year, they're a team that if you get on top of them, they start maybe doubting a little bit. But they have a, they got real fired up with that uh, Friday night win in front of the big crowd and carried that over to Saturday, and, and hats off to them. But that's, uh, that's kind of how I see it. 
Yeah, I didn't spend all Sunday crying about Gamecock baseball. I took my kids to the beach. <laughs> oh no, this uh, is Saturday. Uh, Saturday, Sunday uh, was fine. Uh, I did not. Cry. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I uh, it's, uh, you know, this is, it's what I love, but it's, uh, it's not how I live. And um, yeah, so no, they, they look. Here's the thing: they, they had a wonderful year. They did. They had a wonderful year. They, they got a tough draw. Uh, Florida is one of the best two or three teams in the country. I, 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 this is just my personal opinion. I think South Carolina is one of the top five teams in the country. And had they played somebody else, they probably would have, they'd probably be in Omaha. Can't prove that. Take it for what it's worth. You know, a lot of people don't want to hear stuff like that when you get beat. That's fine. Um, I, I just think that if they weren't in the swamp, I think they would have had a chance to, to go. And hats off to Hurston Waldrop for what he did in game two. He was special. He's been unbelievable his last couple of starts. Uh, I think the start before that, seven innings, five hits, and one earned or something with 12 strikeouts. So he's got 25 strikeouts in his last 15 innings. He's, he's kicking it into gear at the right time of the year, and um, and uh, he was just fantastic. He opened that game using fastball to get ahead, off speed to get an out, and then he kind of, as the lineup saw him two and three times, he he kind of reversed that trend, and nobody could get a feel for what he was doing up there. And, um, man, that was pitching is what it was. It was unbelievable. Sometimes you just got to tip your cap, and I have no problem doing that uh, to to Florida and, and what they did there. Game one, different story. I mean, you're talking about um, you're talking about two things that stood out to me, you know, really blatantly. Uh, one was the intentional walk to Petri and Messina grounding into the double play. I thought when that happened, um, I thought that really, really ch- probably was going to change the game, and it did. And then certainly the call that they blew on Wimmer. They did blow that call. Uh, and um, and it's it's you can't have that this time of the year. So umpiring, once again, has kind of let us down. The strike zone the other day, Saturday, was awful for both teams. It was awful on Friday. I, I cannot figure out. Like, people are like, well, let's just go to robots. I don't – the strike – here's the thing about strike zones. They don't have to be the same for every umpire. We do not have to have – a universal strike zone. That's that's not what I'm talking about. You have to have a consistent strike zone. And you have to have guys who call strikes when they're thrown right down the middle of the plate. Baseball's been around a long time. Umpires do that. You know, and and so the, the way that these guys have been trained, you know, they they kind of start eyeing their their part of the plate, their corner of the plate, their their part that they feel best to get judged on and and you know, that's what happens. They they've screwed up a lot of stuff. Um, you know, and uh, consider. Yeah, I don't care if a guy's calling strikes two, three, four inches off the plate. That doesn't bother me as long as he's doing it from the first inning to the ninth inning. At least you know what the strike zone is, so hitters adjust. They've been doing that for years. I mean, for hundred years. That's okay. I'm fine with that. We don't have to have a universal strike zone where everything is just thrown over the uh the plate uh because that's not baseball. So. But they got they got to fix that, and like the rule the other night, you know they blew that, you know. And there's Kingston. I mean, Wimmer, Wimmer's. You can read his lips. He's saying, but you, you said it was obstruction. You know, that's a no no. You don't say anything there. So they screwed that up. But that is not why they lost the series. I, I said on Friday again. I stand by. I'm just a purist baseball dude. I thought the best team was going to win the series, and I think Florida's a better team. And um, so they're moving on. And South Carolina's going home after 42 wins, back in the 40-win column, and getting a couple of games shy of Omaha with a good uh, platform to stand on for 2024. And I mentioned this this morning with Bill. I just feel like this 
this program is now in a place now under Coach Kingston where they have a chance to stabilize because they haven't really had that chance. 18 to get to the final game in uh, Fayetteville, and then you looked at what was coming in the postseason. You knew they were losing a ton. They did not reload. I'm not sure if y'all remember what Coach Tanner used to say 20 years ago, but his saying back then was, we don't rebuild at South Carolina, we reload. And and they didn't do that in 2019. 2020 got called off. Uh, 2021, uh, they didn't have the sticks. 2022, they weren't good and had a ton of injuries. And then 2023, they battled through injuries to keep, get themselves to 42 wins, but they returned so much. Um, and so it'll be important to see what they add in the offseason. But I think they're in a good place moving forward under this coaching staff and uh, certainly proud that they were able to keep it together as much as they could to get this far into the postseason when a lot of folks have just t- totally written them off by the end of the year. Yeah, I didn't oh, completely yeah, agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, you breathe life over. into the end of the season right when you freaking needed it to, you know, in the postseason. But, I mean, and let, I mean, it, they also won a game in Hoover, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know that's not, you know, that big, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> yeah, it, Phil, to your point, though, that you had to win that one to not have be one and done, you know, yeah. and so <laughs> – you got two more games out of it, and, and that gave you two more games to kind of get everybody healthy and uh, all that good stuff. Um, Sean says something about uh, explain all the fire Kingston talk. Those are guys that had a predetermined uh, yeah. opinion that he needed to be fired this year regardless. <laughs> um, look, I don't think this is a blank check. You know, oh, you made the Supers. Five more years of whatever you want, man. <laughs> uh, I think this got him next year, you know. And, and oh, I think they'll, I come. think they'll extend yeah. him another year, though. Yeah. I do. Yeah, the, the contract will extend. I don't yeah, expect a yeah. raise yeah. or a buyout to go up. Yeah. You have to extend for recruiting purposes. Absolutely. Yeah. Those of you that that are thinking going to jump off a building when it happens, um, but do I do I believe honestly we're, we're going to be sitting here in a year if Carolina, let's say, goes you know, 32 and 25 and misses the NCAA tournament next season or something saying, Oh well, yeah, he's coming back. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't, I, I think that when you, when you hire a new coach and you do, you commit to giving him time. Okay. And you, you kind of excuse some bad years. You know, he did go to the COVID thing. Uh, people don't really get this. He inherited a bunch of recruiting classes. Uh, I do think he could have, Probably had a better, um, you know, better recruiting coordinator a couple of those years. Uh, I think he got it right with Calais, and I think he got it right with Monty, obviously. Uh, but, but, you know, you, you recruit so far dang in advance of the sport or did before the new rules, that's tough for anybody. Why do you think – I mean, I just mentioned Tennessee. Go check out their lineup, how many guys they got from the portal, you know, this year. Yeah. To, to yeah. kind of reload. LSU, same way. I mean, Skeens, like Skeens, and then their best hitter, you know, came from Air Force and NC State. You know, that's just how – in this sport right now, it's just kind of how it is. Um, And I'm not excusing anything. I I think that – but when you decide, as the Gamecock administration did last year, to stick with a guy and then he turns it, you got to stick with him until he turns – you know, let him keep turning it. You know, there there was – 
Well, I can tell you something. For anybody that thinks that he should still be fired, let me tell you something about college sports. If you, if you, if you don't happened. trust me, that's fine. But I can tell you right now, you're wrong and I'm right. If you fire a guy that goes to the Super Regional, you ain't hiring anybody worth a damn because mm-hmm. nobody's going to want to come play for a, an AD and a school that fires someone after going to a Super Regional. So that conversation yeah. is literally over. There's nothing to talk yeah, about. They, Move they, on they, and enjoy no, the there was, there's, yeah. There was not even a – there's no discussion internally about it at all. I mean, there was some, absolutely uh, not. No. It was one of those things. If he'd have gotten bounced in the regional, zero and two, something like that, that was really weird. Maybe there is a conversation, but it, it, it didn't happen that way, and, and he's perfectly safe. So, I mean, it's never going to happen. But uh, yeah, you this know, isn't Bill a video asked, game. That's not how it works. When's the last time the Gamecocks went zero and two in a super regional? Never. Uh, that would have been um, Oklahoma State. In, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. eleven under Holbrook. or eleven. Uh, in uh, 13. 2016. 2016. No, 16. 13. Yeah, 16. yeah I, I, I did the now. 16. Now, look. 13 was North South, Carolina. Yeah. South Carolina needs to start winning more super regional games. They are, they've lost now eight of 10 super regional games dating back to 2013. So, obviously, yeah. that's a nice next step and goal to, to take. Um, but, uh, you know, lots of teams get bounced to the regionals. I mean, that, that was the first time Florida had been out of a regional since, what, 2018. So, um, he's got to give it a chance, see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, all the kinks to getting fired talk is just like, you may as well be like hollering into a wind tunnel because it, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's not even a conversation. It, it won't be coming up on this program anymore. I can assure you that he's, yeah, no. he's, the, he's the coach. <laughs> and, uh, and if you don't like it, then find another team to pull for. Maybe the team in the upstate that can't get to the super regionals. All right, let's hit a uh, timeout. When we return, John Whittle will add plenty to this conversation, wrapping the 2023 Carolina baseball season right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, All of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream. 
and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy installation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jacob Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, our 200th episode, by the way. Congrats to us. Pat ourselves on the back for that. But no, first hour of the show brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy for all your upstate residential real estate needs. And of course, we've got John Whittle, since it's Monday, to kind of talk us through some of the emotions that we're feeling about this baseball season. I read your piece on the Big Spur this morning, John. If y'all haven't seen it, it is VIP. Y'all sign up for the Big Spur. Read it. Excellent article. But you and I are of a like mind on a couple of these things, about, especially about high school recruiting and uh, the portal not necessarily being as consistent as it could possibly be moving forward, John. But uh, happy to have you. How are you doing this morning? Oh, doing wonderful. Appreciate you guys having me and honored to be part of show 200. (laughs) Hey, uh, before we get into all that stuff, what was the atmosphere like in the swamp? You're going to, you're going to start out with that, huh? Yeah. uh, And and the reason I say that is because I I don't think folks are going to like my answer. It was Uh, good, wasn't it? I I mean, it was, it was electric. I, I thought it was awesome. Um, I'm I'm really I I was really impressed with with the Florida fans this week and I've I've always given Florida baseball fans a hard time and that's one of the many reasons I've I've really disliked going to Gainesville for baseball um but they but they were awesome two two and a half hour rain delays uh everybody stuck it out uh there was hardly an empty seat out there they were into the game the whole time I mean, it, it was it was a great atmosphere, and and uh, kudos to them for for being for being so good that weekend. I agree with you. I was surprised by it. I do think a lot of that had to do, though, John, with the Gamecocks coming to town. SEC East rival swept them in the regular season. I think that had something to do with it. Yeah, I, I, I think that could certainly be be part of it. Um, they've got a nice new ballpark down there. They've got uh, which I, I think is certainly helpful, and you know they were. They they were good. What what can I say? They were good. I really like the guy on TV giving the suck it sign to our players. That was nice and classy. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was. Oh, um, yeah, they were those baseball. <laughs> Eight or baseball fans were an epitome of classic. Oh yeah, yeah big time. Yeah, big time. Uh, they they just buy jeans and use scissors. That's what they do down there. All right, John. Um, describe the season in your eyes. I mean, ten thousand foot view. I mean, you you got to be happy with it, right? Like. You know, one of the top teams in the country for for most of the year. A uh, little lull at the end of the season, probably more than a little lull. That's probably um, using kids' gloves. It, it was a, a really poor month there for 
for, for a while. Um, but you, you, you got healthy at the right time and looked great in the regional. Uh, and you were just beaten by a better team in the super regional. And I don't think anybody would have come into this season thinking that South Carolina could, could uh, match Florida in talent toe to toe. And, and they couldn't, you know, it was a better season than I thought it would probably be going into the year. And, you know, it, Florida's just a, a better, more talented team. Yeah, I said it last week. The, the, this was There's no secret to this weekend. The best team's going to win it. And I think the best team did win it. I thought going back to Friday night, John, I, I mean, two things stood out, too. Let's start with the baseball side. Messina's at bat was huge. Um, I was sitting with Blake Cooper, and we both thought when they walked Petri, we thought, hmm, this is the moment that Cole Messina busts this thing open. And he got – it looked like a two-seamer kind of came in on him, and he grounded into that double play. I thought that was a huge moment. And then, obviously, the call on Wimmer, they blew it. Uh, those will go against you sometimes. But that, it's a it's a bad moment for a call like that to go against you. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Cole had such a great year. And yeah. he had a really tough weekend uh, down in Florida. Uh, I'm, I know he feels – feels awful about it but you know that's that's just part of baseball you know sometimes you have have a, a bad weekend sometimes it comes at, at the worst moments and you got to have other other guys pick you up and you know it was it was a, it was really a tough weekend for him but you know I, I'm I'm with you like I I thought it I thought in that moment that that was going to be a, a big moment for for South Carolina and it, it ended up being a, a big moment for Florida and you know the Wimmer thing was just just disappointing all the way around. Uh, it was, it it just wasn't good umpiring. Uh, things weren't applied properly. Um, things were handled improperly in terms of in terms of uh, um, you know what what you're supposed to do uh, with with those calls. And and it just it, it was it was disappointing. They had every opportunity to to correct it and and didn't. Well, we could spend all day talking about that call clearly, but this this conversation is for for this team. They've earned it. They're back in the forty plus win column. Uh, they got to the super regionals once again, uh, John. And we'll, we'll move ourselves into the into you know what's important about the postseason or the off season uh, here in just a little bit. But um, but overall, I, I, I when you look back at how they started how they finished, what they went through to get here, all of the injuries. Um, I, I actually kind of find it marvelous that they made it to the Super Regional because we've seen this this story happen a couple of times. One year, you had a ton of offensive injuries. Another year, you had a ton of pitching injuries. This year, you had a bunch of both. And not only did they keep it together, but they were talented enough to kind of pull it out in the end and at least give themselves a chance. And with all that said, they've got, I it, for the first time in, I don't know, John, tell me what, five, six, seven years, maybe the strongest foundation I've seen moving forward. Yeah, this is, to me, the most talented team that they've got coming back since Kingston took over. Uh, you know, Chad Holberg left them with a, a really good team uh, back in, in for that 2018 season. Uh, there wasn't much behind it, and that was a, a big reason why 2019 was was such a disaster. But they he, they there there was a good team left in, in 2018. This is the best team left um, that 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 there's been since then. You got a couple of first team All SEC guys. You've got some pitchers who have 
who have, uh, you know, been really good and can be really good and can be better. Um, I mean, Eli Jones, Roman Kimball, Matthew Becker, like there's there's room for those guys to, to be better. Um, and I think they will be. And you got another 19 home run guy and Gavin Casas. Like there's there, there's a really solid foundation. There are holes. Uh, there are holes that have to be filled. And there's some some guys who have to step up and be better, uh, obviously, next year. But, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good foundation to build on for next season. A guy that hasn't been talked about because he hadn't played because of injuries, Jacob Compton. Where do you think he's going to end up fitting in in this in this ordeal? See, that is, is hard because you've got Gavin Costas who can play first base or DH, and he's going to be in there at one of those two spots. You've got Jacob Compton who can play first base or DH. You've got Carson Hornig who can probably play first base or DH. I, I don't think they're going to – I don't think he can – can play outfield. Maybe he can. Maybe maybe he can get out there. I mean, that's three guys right there who are, are really position limited. Um, you know, with, with Compton, he can. He's a, he's a left-handed power bat, and you know, we'll see how he makes the adjustment from from Memphis to to SEC play. And you know, coming off of a back injury that sidelined him for the year. You know, he's he's still not swinging a bat. Um, you know, once it once the season once he was kind of ruled out for the year. Like it was more about being sure you're getting 100% healthy. So, you know, he's he's not swinging a bat at least as far as I know over in the last couple of weeks. And so you you gotta see how he he comes back and progresses. But you know, he profiles as a as a first base DH type who uh, who can hit for some power. Of those three, who's the best first baseman in your opinion when healthy? Um. Carson Hornig would be in in time uh, if you gave if you gave him enough time over there, um, but but Casas is is probably your your most consistent guy, especially right now. Um, hmm. He's not great over there defensively, uh, but he's 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 made a few plays. He he's okay. He's okay with picking balls out of the dirt. You know he he played a little bit better defensively uh, over the kind of late in the season but you know he he's certainly no gold glover but he's uh he's a little bit better than those guys right now it's what the uh, it's what the off season's for john oh. braswell has moved on um this has been kind of coming is my understanding of this fills in um yeah I, I would say probably it's been kind of back and forth at times you know there was about a month ago he told some folks within the program that he was staying here this off season and and uh, getting to work in the weight room to to be able to improve his strength so he can improve his offensive numbers. You know, last year he he uh, he didn't stay with the team. Uh, you know, the guys who weren't playing summer ball for the most part stayed here and and uh, were in the weight room with with Billy Anderson. There was that was well documented. It was mainly pitchers, but but there were a few position players in there. Braswell elected to go home and and uh, do his work on his own and and uh, with his people, which is fine. And uh, but this year he was planning on being around and that that's changed a little bit over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, the thought process has changed some and, you know, he's, he's uh, decided to go into the portal and, and um, you know, he provided some big moments for South Carolina this season, you know, without him, they, they may not win that Georgia game. They may not win that Missouri game. And yeah. if you don't win those two games, you're not hosting a regional. That's so, right. and, and things, things definitely change. So I, I think folks should certainly uh, wish Michael Braswell the best on his way out. I agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, what's what's going to happen at shortstop? It's a good question, and uh, we, we don't know yet. 
<laughs> um, do you think will, they'll play a shortstop next year? Or just... I, I do think they'll have one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, um, as much as they shift, maybe not. You know? <laughs> want to calm some people down. That's all. <laughs> no, but um, you know, if, if you look on the on the current team, like Will Tippett is is the guy, and and. You know, I I really like Will Tippett. I think he's a good player. I think he can play shortstop. If if they were, if uh, Braylon Wimmer had gotten hurt and they had a game in the fall, Will Tippett would have been the starter. Uh, Michael Braswell came on a little bit, and, and I was asked about that on the Big Spur today. Um, you know, why why did Michael Braswell go into the lineup when when uh, Will McGillis came out? Why didn't he go? So, but Braswell started to turn it on, and, and we reported that before it happened. Uh, kind of after the Clemson series, he started kind of re-engaging for, for lack of a better word, and uh, you know just just kind of pass tip it. But um, I I think he's good. I, I I think he's got a real chance. He's got to get stronger. He's got to get better offensively. He's got to show more, in my opinion, from a arm strength at shortstop position. Uh, that that looked like it could be a question mark, but. You know, he's got it in there. He uh, he did some pitching in high school, was 92, 93 miles an hour, topped out at. So he's he's got arm strength in there. It's just a matter of, of showing a, a, a little bit. So I I think he can be there. That being said, um, they're going to they're gonna try to recruit a, another portal guy who can, sure. who can play shortstop as well and play on the middle infield. They've they've been talking to some guys. They missed, missed on the guy who committed to Wake Forest the other day, Seaver King. Um, so they're, they're on the right guys if Wake Forest is, is getting them committed. So we'll, we'll see how that ends up playing out. But I, I will tip it. Lee Ellis coming in in the recruiting class is a, is a defensive option there. He's, he's a little light with the bat right now too, but, but I, I think you'll see somebody in the portal to, to come in and compete with tip. John, I, oh, real quick on the middle infield. My understanding of this, you overrule me, but this was this scouting report I was I received the second baseman from VMI not he's he's coming to hit is that a fair statement very fair okay okay all right just wanted to make sure I was clear on that yeah, and the young he's man had, from, he's had shoulder problems he's had some labrum problems so mm-hmm. you know he's he played shortstop for VMI this past year um he, 19 errors uh just pro- probably not a whole lot of arm strength in there. If he's playing on the field, it's it's at second base. He, he's a or, or or there's been an emergency. So, uh, but, but yeah, <laughs> oh god, he's, he's been brought in as, as a bat. Oh no, um, the young man from North Florida, a potential leadoff guy. I guess you could say to this day, he's probably going to have the edge on that position, but there's a long way to go before that's figured out. And then any news on um, the uh, the kid from uh, Greensboro? Um, last I heard, South Carolina was in, in pretty good shot, good spot with Kennedy Jones, the, the UNC Greensboro transfer. Um, I know Wake Forest is, is in on him as well. And, and several, I mean, really anybody, anywhere you want to go. Is. So, yeah, um, he's he's got he's got some ties here, but you know he's gonna be he's gonna be tough to get. I've heard similar, um, John. Not to, I think that it's important when you look at what's returning because we've said that the foundation is there on, on the offensive side. Let's just start with the offense, and clearly the first two names that are going to come up every time you have this conversation are Ethan Petrie 
and Cole Messina, and they should. Uh, you know, those two guys combined for about 40 home runs and 140 RBI and probably a combined 350-something batting average. Uh, I mean, elite 3-4 hitters in the SEC. You mentioned Casas. You mentioned Talmadge LeCroy. We'll see what Compton brings to the table if he's healthy. I, I certainly like him. Um, and there's a, there's a bunch of other stuff in there we've kind of gone over. But you don't want to have that in a, in a vacuum. It's the SEC. And this year, I, I don't know that I actually remember a year where there were as many talented freshmen as I've seen. Florida, the Curlin kid, the, the kid over at Georgia, although Derek pointed out he's a redshirt freshman, but he's still a freshman. I mean, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. So while South Carolina is expected to have, I would say, a pretty potent offense next year, and you mentioned three potential starters on the mound already, and I would agree those are probably the guys as it stands today unless the portal changes that. Um, this league is not going to get easier, so it's still going to be a, a – every weekend, it's still going to be a boxing match as you as you start out and, and move through and – you're going. You're going to still probably lose some games next year. Although people want to look ahead and think maybe that maybe not. Yeah, I mean it's, it's certainly a talented base, but you know, you, there's some certainly some spots that that need to be upgraded to 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 take that next step and and be more competitive and and uh, you know maybe the the uh, from a depth standpoint and there's whether it's through the recruiting and the transfer portal or, or other guys getting better, like some spots have to be improved and, you know, South Carolina can be better in left field. And maybe that's Dylan Brewer getting, getting, uh, just getting better. You know, South Carolina has got to be better in center field and maybe that's Evan Stone or, or Will Tippett getting better. I, I think Tippett will be on the infield for, for whatever it's worth. So maybe, maybe it's Evan Stone getting better. Uh, I mean, you, you know this like I do. Um, you know, Scott Wingo was sat down after his sophomore year by Ray Tanner in his exit meeting and said, we, we got a guy coming in to replace you. Like, you yeah. might be able to be a defensive substitute, but this Adrian Morales guy we're getting out of JUCO, and he's going to be our starting second baseman next year. And, you know, Scott took that as a challenge and, and uh, obviously did what he did. Uh, he got much better offensively. His glove – his glove is what kept him in the lineup the first two years, and they had to find another spot. Uh, they had to find another spot for Morales, and he ended up being a pretty darn good third baseman. So um, there, there's got to be some up, upgrades in places, and you know maybe Evan Stone takes that same same challenge with with Austin Brindling. Uh, that I mean, Austin Brindling is going to be starting somewhere on, on this team next year. You know whether it's center field or left field or. Or, or wherever he's too good offensively and defensively. South Carolina, he's upgraded leadoff. He's a great leadoff hitter. Um, but you know, maybe Evan Stone or, or Dylan Brewer, you know, takes it to heart that Brenling's coming in and going to be starting somewhere and and steps up their game. So, you know, there there's spots that have to improve. You know, South Carolina's got to. Uh, Cole Messina needs help behind the plate. They've got to got to be better at backup catcher. Um, yeah. There's 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 more meat on the bone at, at different spots, but you know, there's, there's certainly, certainly ways to upgrade. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Cole's got to have somebody. Um, so Brewer's a guy I keep forgetting about. He Brewer is going to return, right? I I would say most likely, um, you I know, mean, he's I, not going I, to the draft. Yeah. I, I highly doubt he gets drafted. I mean, he could be like a Colin Burgess kind of guy who gets offered a, a, a free agent deal and, Decides to go ahead and give professional baseball a, a shot. You know, he's he's four years out of high school. He's probably 
probably got his degree or really close to it. Uh, so I'm, I'm not going to put his name in pen for being on next year's team. But as I start doing season preview stuff for 2024, he's certainly going to be, be in there. Of the draft eligible guys, not the guys who are out of time. Like I think we figured out the last couple of weeks missing Will McGillis as long as they did was just a heartbreaker for this team. I mean, he's freaking good, dude. And he couldn't play. And that sucks. But we know he won't return. Of the draft eligible guys, I'm, I'm you know, Wimmer, um, Hicks, uh, Hall, Sanders, all the guys that you would expect to sign, John, we expect to sign. Like, we don't expect to see them. Yeah. Um, you know, Gavin Costas is a guy who could get offered enough money to, to, to sign. He's probably the guy who's most fringy in terms of come back or, 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 uh, or, or, or sign. Um, I, I do think that he is going to end up being back here. I don't think he's going to get quite enough to, to, uh, to leave the program. I, I think he'll be back next year, but he's, he's somebody to keep an eye on, but you know, the, the frontline pitchers you named and, and Braylon Wimmer, you know, those are all guys who, um, who, who I expect to go ahead and, and sign and begin a professional career. Anybody else moving on from the program that we're not aware of that you – oh, I saw uh, you had a report on Denny, maybe Denny. Yeah, hitters had end-of-year meetings, end meetings yesterday. Pitchers are going today. Um, you know, Caleb Denny has, has let the coaching staff know that his, his plan is to go ahead and, and retire from baseball, so to speak, okay. and, and just move on and, and uh, start life um, – does that mean he won't enter the transfer portal and see what's out there? I don't think it means that you may see his name pop up in the transfer portal to, to see what comes up. But, you know, his plan right now is to, to uh, get out into the working world and, and uh, you know, start that, start that life. So we'll, we'll see how that develops. But, but Caleb Denny is, is another hitter in addition to Braswell who, who won't be back. And then, you know, as, as guys are recruited from the transfer portal, there may be a couple of guys on the roster who say, you know what, they're, they're recruiting past me, and, and maybe I need to look for, for a different spot. And, you know, that, that could certainly happen, but in terms of anything imminent, that's, that's, what, that's what we got right now. All right, I'm going to ask you something. I, I read your answer on Big Spur, but our, our, our audience is not all on there, and I, I want to ask this a certain way, because Kevin asking. Can you squash the Cam Cantarella rumors? <laughs> um, I <laughs> not asking you to comment on it. Just can you can you squash it? And it, it doesn't have to be a yes or no answer. <laughs> I, I can't squash him right now. Like I don't know with a hundred percent certainty that he's going back to Clemson, um, but I, I don't know with a hundred percent certainty he's going into the portal. Like I've I've heard some of the rumor and gossip too. Now it would be. It would be a surprise to me if he does go into the portal. Like when you're at a, 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 a freshman All-American and All-ACC player, and you know you're obviously kind of becoming the face of the program next year with you know Cooper Ingle and Caden Grice leaving, and and a couple of those other guys who are on their way out the door. Like you're you're the new face of Clemson baseball. Are, are you ready to to give that up and see what's out there? Uh, I'm skeptical, but. There's been there's been a little bit of gossip about that being the case, and you know we'll see if that ends up being true. There's been a lot of smoke about it, and you know maybe maybe there's something to it. But also at the same time, we have to remember like 
there's often talk about guys going into the portal who end up not doing so because, you know, whatever reason that they have for wanting to go into the portal is is uh, situated in, in the offseason after the season's over. You know, maybe he gets a – and, and I, don't know what, I don't know why there's rumors out there about him, but maybe he gets a big NIL deal from – from somewhere up in Clemson that keeps them around, or you know, maybe maybe somebody's rubbed in the wrong way. Who who knows? Who knows? You, a lot of times, especially with great players like Canarella, they find a way to uh, um, smooth things out and 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 get those guys back. So I would be surprised if he enters, but I, I can't sit here and squash it as we sit here right now. All right, quickly here, John. Final one before we let you run. I, I, one of the things over the last few years, I think that has been. Uh, frustrating to fans. I know it's frustrating to me as a baseball guy, just understanding baseball in this state and the players in it for the longest time. South Carolina scooped up anybody and everybody that they wanted. And, you know, over the last few years, not as much. You've, if you took the top 10 players in 22, 3, and 4, a lot of them were leaving the state and doing other things uh, for big schools. But it it does seem like that has changed, and it should change it. I'm not sure uh, why a lot of those kids would want to leave, but it looks like that has kind of shifted back into South Carolina's favor where they're now kind of beginning to lock down the Palmetto State once again. Can you can you give us any background on that? I know a lot of this isn't going to be immediate help for Gamecock baseball, but just the overall picture of the future of the program. Yeah, they're, they're doing a better job in state than, than what they've done, and, and um, I, I would say things started to slip maybe a little bit towards the end of, of the, the Chad Holbrook era uh, in terms of in-state recruiting, but it, it mainly came about when you brought in an entire coaching staff from out of state without great relationships in the state, and that's mm-hmm. that's part of it. And that's something Ray Tanner had to know that he was getting himself into when when he hired a, a coach and who brought in a staff with with really no ties to South Carolina. Now, Stuart Lake helped that a little bit, but, you know, there was only so much he could do in, in his role, but – you know, they just didn't forge the relationships in, in state, you know, like like they like they should have uh, initially. It was it was became more difficult. And there's a lot of people out there in this state who, who trust Monty Lee and Monty Lee was right up the road. And, you know, some guys went to Clemson. There were some programs in this region like Mississippi State who were becoming really really good and were kind of the hot hot thing in in college baseball for a while and they had a uh, a recruiter in Scott Foxhall who was very familiar with this state and had a ton of contacts here and were able to get in on guys and build relationships and they have they have a great financial package in Mississippi for that they can offer guys from from the state of South Carolina so so guys were able to go there for for free or 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 pretty darn close to it um, so, and <laughs> add that into being one of the best programs in college baseball at that time that, that had an effect. So, you know, there, there were, there were some different things that, that led to that, but, you know, um, South Carolina staff is, is built some better relationships in the state. Now, uh, Monty Lee is obviously on, on staff now and has, has all those relationships and ties. And, you know, I, I think it's turning in, in, in the right direction. Totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree, John. I mean, when you uh, you look around and it's it's starting to feel like it once was. There was guys that were – you mentioned Mississippi State, but 
I mean, Toman's boy was going to LSU till he signed. Um, Louisville, Virginia, NC State, East Carolina. Got to keep those kids home, the ones that can play for you. And um, and they're certainly certainly doing that. Well, uh, we'll leave you with a compliment. Nobody covers the Gamecocks better than you do. And we know that uh, now that the season is over, it's not like you get a break. Uh, you've got you got summer ball and you got all kinds of stuff to get to. Um, and I know that last week you took a couple of trips to go watch some former Gamecocks play some baseball, and I sure hope that was fun. But uh, as far as in the 60-plus games you covered in season, John, it really is such a treat uh, to to week in and week out be able to read what you have to write, get your your uh, perspective on things, and, and you do it the honest, good way. And it is surely appreciated. I think I speak for everybody when I say that. So thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. It it was uh it was a lot of fun for me to to cover this season. You know, I I enjoy covering teams that win more than teams that lose. And yeah, this was a. Uh, <laughs> if, if any sports writer tells you otherwise, you're lying. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it it was it was certainly certainly a fun season, and and uh, you know I I wrote it this morning. I think most people feel the same way. Like this felt much more like Carolina baseball this year than, than what it's felt like in a while. So uh, it was a, it was a, a, a treat to be out there, you know, at the ballpark for 63 days. I think I missed a couple here and there, but, but a lot of those days and, and uh, you know, I enjoyed the season for sure. So, but I, and I appreciate you guys having me on every Monday to talk about it. So it's always, always good to cut up with you three. Well, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to cancel your appearances, John. We're not breaking up with you. I mean, we, we, we basketball. It's really we'll a, be back. You know, of course, we'll now back. that this season is up, it's time to renegotiate my contract. So we'll oh. see if y'all can meet my wage demands. Oh, me too. Now that I'm thinking about it, you know what? I'll get with you later, and let's come up with something to really screw the pooch on this deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There we go. That's what I'm talking grand. about. Ten grand. That's what I'm talking about. Bonus. <laughs> I'm bonus. need about ten of those right there, and then we'll be good. Yeah, I'll drop them in your inbox here, John. <laughs> hey, if you if you if you if you get through four months of Fire Kingston talk, we'll give you ten grand. That's what JC said, and here he is. He's standing. Probably tall. worth it. Though, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, that's no right. Doubt. Man, really do appreciate it, brother. Have a uh, have a wonderful week. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Take care. Thanks, Thanks John, John Whittle, uh, with uh, this group called thebigspur.com. If you're not a member. Maybe try it. It's pretty pretty good stuff. I think you can do it for a buck too. Not ten grand, one dollar. Bigspur.com. Sean just said Whittle's going in the portal. Whittle's going in the portal. <laughs> well, well put an NIL deal together. <laughs> I was about to say he's he's just using that as leverage. Yeah, uh, he'll withdraw he'll Avenue. withdraw his name. <laughs> yeah. Well never mind. Um mm-hmm. all right. Uh we will go all right, so let's uh let's take a break. I know we've got to get to some uh, we need to get to a break, so we'll double that here, and then we'll be joined by Hale coming up in just a couple of minutes because Carolina football had a bunch of big-time prospects in, so I'll take a breather. I'm going to back off this uh, ledge here and let J.C. and Hale just do whatever they do, and we'll find out how many silent commitments are, are on board from the weekend. We know there's a ton of them. And you're going to want to hear their names, so don't go anywhere. We're painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Saw Tristan in the chat box earlier. Lemmepaintsomething.com. Hang tight. Recruiting and more up next. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. 
If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone Gamecock fans 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com Welcome back, everybody. Call it the second hour of the show here, coming at you one minute early. <laughs> Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Good to talk to John Whittle. Hope we, we will have John back for those of you in the chat box talking about basketball. Of course, Whittle will be back to discuss basketball. Probably do another weekly thing with him, assuming He'll we can get all our funds together to do so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we'll definitely talk about him uh, or bring him back. Well before any of that happens. Not how you, it's not how you, that's not how you host a show. You don't leave your talent on the uh, sideline just because, you know, it's not one season or another. He'll be back yeah. next There's week. There's always news. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he ain't going anywhere. Nah. Mm-hmm. Uh, too much Too much to talk about. Um, it is, uh, we'll get, we've got hail coming up here in just a minute. So certainly looking yeah. forward to that. A reminder that there are a couple of games uh, still to be played today. That will decide the final two spots for Omaha. And you got Southern Miss and Tennessee at six, and then at eight, Texas and Stanford on ESPN. Southern Miss and the Vols on ESPN, two. I am one of hopefully many out there that does not want to see Tennessee go to Omaha. I don't care that they're in the SEC. So <laughs> go Southern Miss. Hungry Jason, like, like why wait? Miss and Oral Roberts in there. I That'd thought we were doubling up, doubling up again, so I got a little snack. No, it's all right. <laughs> anyway. I almost did, but that was like, eh. 
We'll hit it later. Well, all right, so so C. Rogers says, I don't know about SC. You would have beaten anyone else in the Supers. That's just laughable. Kind I don't of, know what he's talking about. Who said that? I don't think – I don't. did Whittle say that? Did you say that? I don't – maybe I said it. I said, uh, um, I said, I think if they would have had a different draw, they would have had a good chance to go to Omaha. My personal opinion was that, but I didn't say yeah. that they would beat anyone else. No, I just want to that say would, this. that would mean like Wake Forest around or, here. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't use the word laughable around here with anybody on uh, the show that talks. Okay, you're. I mean, don't don't use that word. I mean, you yeah. just don't understand how stupid that sounds. Laughable. It's laughable. <laughs> you would call anything that you hear on the show laughable. Like that, you have the right to jump in there and say something that's laughable. And, yeah. and you got the quote wrong to begin with. So get your head out of your ass and don't comment if you might got to make comments like that. Because you don't, I mean, if you can't get it right, nothing's laughable. It's laughable that you would come in there and take words out of people's mouth. Because I know I didn't say it. I hadn't talked in a while. No. Don't, don't jump in the chat box and say anything's laughable because that's laughable. No, and I'm looking at some of these 16 teams that were playing this weekend. And yeah, I'd put money on South Carolina being better than a few of them. For sure. I thought all week last week, I thought Carolina had, a, I mean, that 215 matchup. I mean, look, they earned it because of how the season ended. But mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be really tough to go to Gainesville and win. I, I thought it uh, there. Didn't, didn't want to see him have to go there. Um, didn't want to see him have to go to Wake. Wake is outstanding. I uh, didn't want to see him have to go to Arkansas or LSU. Yeah. 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 But, Kevin says I take care of chances over just about anybody except uh, Wake or Yeah. You know, now look, if they'd have been for Arkansas, had made it going out there, it'd certainly have been tough. Um, yeah. Because we've I seen didn't want him to go up to, I didn't want him to go to Clemson because, hmm. you know, it goes, what goes around comes around, you know, right. sometimes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I just, you know, I don't, I don't think that was a, I mean, you know, nobody made that kind of a declarative statement. And then to say right. laughable, I mean, come on, laughable. That's all right. There yeah. are things we say that are laughable, but they're intentionally laughable. <sighs> okay. I didn't mean to go off like that. I'm just, today I woke up and I just read just oodles of stupid stuff. Stu- I mean, <laughs> comments that were just, you know, well, one guy is like, one guy accused me of saying, the football program had a ceiling, you know, because hmm. I pointed out that you don't, I mean, that you, you need to get good D line talent and, and, but it doesn't always have to be five star D four and five star D tackles as one of those star great gazer guys. And, yeah. I, and I was like, he's like, yeah, I, I have heard you for years and you, you always think that the program has a ceiling. Boo. You, we could be. And then he said, we could be the next Clemson. And I didn't explain to him. <laughs> Well, see, see, let me tell you something slick, right? Here's the difference between Clemson and South Carolina when you talk about, you know, what they face. All right, last year, Clemson had a bad day against Syracuse. Right, Phil? Yeah. We're sitting there watching it. Noon kickoff, home game, iffy crowd. All right, so they decide, all right, we're going to start playing now. And they come alive and, you know, they start just running the ball. They put Cade in. They run up and down the field. They survive. Mm-hmm. All right, so South Carolina's team they played like that was Missouri. With how many NFL guys starting on their defense? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it, that's the difference. And, and the, no help the, from the, the officiating crew either as, uh, yeah. as friends up here got for that Syracuse game. 
Yeah, Pete Young died. Yeah, that was another yeah. one. But, yeah, but in, 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 me, in the meantime, South Carolina's getting called for pass interference or whatever. That it may. So, look, man, I, I'm going to say this. You know, that's the difference between Clemson – with what Clemson has to face in South Carolina. Um, and I'm not saying that they haven't been a lot better than the Gamecocks because obviously they have. I think they're probably more talented top to bottom this year. But that's the difference is, like, you, you roll through and, oh, my God – Duke shows up that one day to battle you, you're good enough to still win. Yeah. Um, in many cases in the SEC, unless it's a Vandy or like a team that's having a down year that just doesn't have a roster or something, you better not, you can't have a bad game or you're going to lose. And that's the difference. Um, but, uh, and I could go back and point out like the 2016 Clemson team and any 2015 as well, you know, they had some games, like they had a tussle with Troy in 2016. They lost a bit at home. They had a miracle rally against Louisville and Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. If you've replaced those teams with LSU and Tennessee when they're good and Florida when they're good and, and Auburn and even Arkansas and A&M and the Mississippis, I mean, that's a different animal than, than North Carolina State. So anyway, and, and I'm not – look, we got to get to hell, so I'm not, I'm not doing a big picture Clemson, South Carolina analysis, I'm not, and I'm not – certainly not – you know, downplaying what they've done because it's, it's been impressive and it's been, it's been great. And they've answered the call against SEC teams time and time again. Uh, I'm just saying, when you talk about recruiting you talk about, well, you want to be the next Clemson. Well, you can recruit like Clemson did all you want and you can build it to the team that they had when they won their first title to play for it. But that team may go eight and four in the SEC. That's all I was right. saying about that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Absolutely. agree. Absolutely. agree. Well, let's we bring have- him in. Let's well, see. He's here. He is Hell. waiting patiently. Hell he yeah. treated him so poorly last week, so let's, let's get him on. I don't want to do that to him again. <laughs> no, put, we won't do put, that again. Put it on my tab. That's fine. That's right. There he is. Good morning, hey. Neil. How are you? Well, afternoon now, shit. Shoot. 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 Doing good. Doing good. Anything but the F word. Hello, L. <laughs> can we say the F word on here? Am I allowed to? No, that? well, I mean, I, you can, but uh, we'll say that. We, we've got is, kids. we got Spurrier's rules on this podcast. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, shit, I, damn, or hell's okay every now and then, but just don't say the F word, hell. Don't say the F word. Yeah, we, I, we got young ears. Can't say that F word. We've we've been marketing to a younger audience, hell, like 10, 10 ish. Yeah, you get a right. as soon no, as you yeah. get a phone in your hand, we're grooming we're, we're them. marketing to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh my well. god. Anyway. So uh I'm trying to tell people this. Um because I and you you brought up the stats, the cold hard stats the other day. It seems like South Carolina's batted this high percentage with summer official visitors, and I think they've 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 done well. But ultimately, that ends up being about 50%. People were panicking because, oh, you got 11 guys in. They feel really good about four, which I think is a big number with this group. And really, if you consider the last group, league's group, too, th- these are a lot of guys that have a lot of options, uh, not a lot of local guys, a lot of guys from a lo- other places. You know, mm-hmm. Some guys, they just came in there. But um, well, look, tell me, tell me what you think big picture-wise after the first two visit weekends, and we'll go from there. Yeah, well, when when you're recruiting guys who are really good players, they're going to have pretty good options to choose from, more than likely. So you're not going to get them all. I mean, we 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 look at 
the the eleven guys that were in this weekend, and you know one of them's already committed, so let's let's call it ten. And you know I, I put out that there are four of them coming out of that visit who I feel really good about eventually jumping on board with South Carolina, and it, I could have probably included one or two more in that sort of echelon. And if you consider it just from the you know very brief historical context of, of about 50% is, is where South Carolina has been, then, I mean, I, 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 and I know people want it to get, to get better. Like, like they want this program to, to be better than uh, eight wins is a good season. So I get, I get why some people get a little anxious about not maybe doing a little bit better than, you know, batting 500. So with that being said, like, you're, it's just, just not realistic to sit here and think like, well, you're bringing 10 guys in, you're going to get eight or nine of them. It's just not going to happen, especially when you're going head to head against Georgia and, and Clemson, and whoever else that recruits at an extremely high level. Like looking back at some of the past official visit lists from the first two years of this staff and uh, there are guys who signed with, with Alabama and Georgia and Florida and, and, and schools that recruit really well. So it's going to be tough. Just I think people need to keep that in mind. And when you look at how, how this weekend went with, with the handful of the guys, um, there are some who, who this will be the last time they visit South Carolina, and we probably won't even really need to talk about them ever again as it relates to South Carolina recruiting. But that's only a couple. Like the, the most most of those guys are that we're in are, are you know going to be legit guys who either commit or we're, we're, you know, talking about guys that they're battling for. So, you know, at the first weekend they had six, six in and one's already committed to Pittsburgh and probably a couple more who, who aren't really going to be factors with Carolina moving forward for, for whatever reason. That's just kind of how it goes. And, you know, onward and upward, it's, <laughs> there's been a lot of good times with this 2024 class already. And kind of going back to what I've said in the past on the site and, and here, uh, let's not lose sight of, of where they're at with this class. And, you know, if Cam Pringle and Josiah Thompson and Dante Reno and whoever else are coming into this these weekends uncommitted and they're committing, like people would be doing backflips and, you know, probably not even really having a conversation with this type of tone. So uh, it's perspective, always important, in my opinion. No doubt. What, how collectively with the group that was there this weekend, um, how would you rate that group? Uh, I guess you could use a one to 10 scale, but as far as what was there on campus the weekend before and what's coming in a couple of weeks? Uh, I don't know if I could sit here and try to put a number on it, but if you look at it from like a position standpoint, like there, there were one, two, three three guys who are DBs. Like you're always going to need to have five DBs in a class with, with the way this, this defense is structured, a four, two, five. And you're going, you're going to need a bunch of those guys. You're going to need a bunch of defensive linemen. Regardless of, of, of the year, you're going to need a bunch of those. And there, there were, what, like three or four defensive linemen, ends and tackles in this weekend. Um, I, I think it was a good group. You look at the one guy who's committed, the highest rated guy who was in this weekend is, is already committed to South Carolina. Like, like, let's also not lose sight of that. Like, he, Michael Smith is, is a really good player and he's already in the class. If, 
again, if he shows up this weekend, this past weekend, and um, you know commits on Sunday, and we're writing stories about it Sunday afternoon, like people are freaking out. But the guy's rock solid to South Carolina, like, and he's he's on he's he's in the boat. Like, let's again not lose sight of that. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was a good group. I, obviously, the, the the June 23rd weekend is like the the marquee marquee deal with guys like Dylan Stewart and and uh and some others coming in so i mean but the, but this group was was pretty solid i mean i i, I like the the dbs they had in cam mckell who i don't i he might end up at georgia seems like south carolina's you know been in the thick of it for a while um kind of headlines that that db group but you know if i had to you know rate it out of 10 one one being the lowest 10 being the highest i'd i'd probably give it a good like seven just a, a good solid group uh Really good four stars and some high level three stars, including our our guy Fred Johnson, who yeah, now that he's got from twenty four seven. It's like right there, like he could be a four star by the next time uh, I'm on here with you guys. Any thoughts on Nasir Johnson picking up a crystal ball to Florida from their insider today? Yeah, not not surprising the least bit. I mean, he's he's been on Florida lean for a while now, and. And I was, I was honestly, I was a little surprised when he decided to come come on this visit to South Carolina, because I figured that you know Florida was, you know, running running out front and really didn't know if, if there would be much South Carolina could do to move the needle, regardless of of what happened this weekend. And and it seems like that kind of kind of held true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He didn't have much to say. A lot of these guys weren't all that talkative, but uh, one guy that said a lot of good things. That's that I kind of like him better than Nasir Johnson. Of course, you, you, in an ideal world, I'd I'd love to have both. Um, you know, if I was coaching somewhere, but Nadami Oboko from South Garner, North Carolina, kind of a newcomer, six four, three thirty five. Uh, your thoughts on his visit and how it went? And speaking of the Gators, he's heading down there for a visit next weekend. Yeah, Namdi, Namdi, like Nandi Asamoah, cornerback. I don't know how to. I'm not going to venture a guess at the last name, but uh, yeah, he. I think last season was his first season playing football in high school. If it wasn't his junior year, then it was a sophomore year. So, obviously, very young, very inexperienced, a bit of a a project, a little raw, I guess, if you want to throw those types of descriptors out at him. But but big, and he moves well, and and you can see you can see something's there, and there, there. That's a nice nice. Uh, piece of clay to work with if, if, if South Carolina can get him that that'd be uh, a nice little project for Travian Robertson to uh, start his career off with uh, as, as a D-line coach at South Carolina um, big guy who obviously has some good offers I mean he, he's scheduled to go to Florida this weekend he's, he's got an offer from Georgia but we'll see if if it's you know an, a true like a committable offer quote-unquote because um, he's interested in, in visiting there at the end of this month but uh yeah, certainly one of those guys that you know people see the name and and they don't know know it. It's not very familiar, and they look at the star rating, and ranking, and all that stuff, and it's you know not super high. Uh, if you dig a little deeper, it's one of those guys where it's like, well, well, you know what? These are the types of guys that uh, that South Carolina should be making moves on and, and, and trying to to get in the class, regardless of the year. Guys from State of North Carolina, you know the, the what the D line heaven moniker that uh, your buddy came D-line up with there. 
Yeah, uh, yeah. They, we both uh, seem to come out of the woodwork. Oh, seem to come out of the woodwork. Funny how that that works. Yeah, he's. I love guys like this. Not a lot of football experience, so not a lot of bad coaching to screw him up, right? It's easier if nobody. It's easier if a defensive lineman has no technique rather than bad technique. And <laughs> six four, three thirty five feet, like a soccer player, like he could, like this dude looks like he could play lacrosse at that size. Built like a brick poop house. Love guys like this. I mean, I I, I think Nasir Johnson's a very good player. I wish Carolina had maybe had some more momentum with him earlier. I, I guess they didn't, because um, that's the type of guy you need to beat Florida. On in the state of Georgia. Uh, but he's kind of from South-ish Georgia, right? Dublin, is that yeah. where, that's where this year's from? That's yeah. that I-16 corridor. That's actually kind of close to Gainesville. I mean, he's going to bounce back up 16 or take a back road, get on 75, and Florida's kind of right there. So I guess geography favors the Gators in that one. But certainly um, this kid from, from North Carolina to me, I'm like, ah, that's the type of guy that – Nobody talks about, and then a couple of years from now, you, who's the monster in the middle that these yeah. guys got? You know, where did he come from? So uh, uh, I'm with you there. Uh, so people ask about, you know, a couple of guys, from, one from North Carolina, one from um, D.C., that, I mean, you, you haven't heard that much about Mal- Malcolm Ziegler, you know, from Fuquay Verena, other than he set up a visit and whatever. Sometimes Eastern North Carolina kids are the hardest to get a beat on. Uh, mm-hmm. And then D.D. Holmes from Gonzaga in D.C., uh, not a late offer, but sort of a recent offer for him. Can you tell us anything about those two guys and their visit uh, this past weekend? Yeah, Ziegler, uh, he, he was paired with Nicky Manwari as his player host, which couldn't have picked a more appropriate type of host for, for Malcolm Ziegler and the player he is because – I don't want to say he's a carbon copy of Nicky Manwari, but physically they're built pretty much the same, like the same like height, weight, and like the way they run, and very very similar types of prospects. And so, I, probably a good thing that that you can pair somebody like that with with him and and uh, have him you know show him Carolina. And, and Ziggler did come down in the spring. I think it was for one of the practices, maybe maybe one of the scrimmages. Uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but. Uh, it was the second time down here, and and, and he, he seems to, to really like South Carolina and Torian Gray. His track record really speaks to Ziegler and, and kind of what uh, what all appeals to him with, with the Gamecocks. And, uh, again, like with E-Man Worry, you can be like, all right, man, well, you know, you want to play early as a freshman, so how about you hang out with this guy who, who looks kind of like you and, and, and did that and was really good All-American, like, you can you can do this too, right? So, I think it went well from that standpoint. He's going to Notre Dame this coming weekend, UNC the following weekend, um, and, and we'll see. I, I don't know if the in-state pool is going to be you know too much to overcome. You know, you look at where the Tar Heels are as a program right now. Maybe that's a hurdle for them. Um, and and I don't know that you can count out Notre Dame if he's willing to go up there and take an official visit. That that probably. Uh, speaks to his interest in, in that program uh, clearly. So, so we'll see. I, I think he's a really good player, and, and somebody folks should get excited about if they can land him uh, ultimately. And, and Dee Holmes, who who came down again, he was in the, he was down for the spring during spring practice. Um, a bigger guy who who had some length at defensive end, something they were trying to 
to really focus on for this class and not not someone who says a whole lot uh, in the recruiting process, not doesn't do many interviews, but uh, but I think, you know, the, the whole DMV pipeline that South Carolina has got going on right now is appealing to him. Uh, he's already taken an official Rutgers. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where else he's going this month because he kind of keeps a low profile that way. He doesn't, doesn't want to really, I guess, show his hand, uh, so to speak. But uh, I, I think South Carolina probably made some some pretty good progress there with Sterling, Sterling Lucas being around him and, and uh, you know, pointing out that depth chart, man. Like, as we all know, there's – there's uh, they need some help for sure, for sure at defensive end. So, so we'll see how that shakes out with D.D. Holmes, and they've certainly got – um, some other irons in the fire at that, that position in 2024, uh, particularly in the DMV area. Uh, but but two guys who I I think South Carolina is, does have a legit shot at. It's, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say like I, I don't think that this will be the last time we we really talk about them because I don't necessarily think that's the case. But uh, but we'll see moving forward. Maybe if they can get them back back down in July for for that cookout at the end of the month, maybe that'll sort of speak to, to how how well the South Carolina is positioned for him. I messed up on Fuquay Arena. It's actually just south of Raleigh Durham. Got it mixed up, I think, with one of those coastal towns. So Jeez, it's still eastern North Carolina, so I wasn't that far off, but I was thinking it was someplace else. But yeah, it's uh that's close to Columbia, it's close to Chapel Hill, not so close to South Bend, but uh you know, we'll see what happens. Um Quatavius Johnson's a player that Carolina just offered recently. A lot of other schools have mm-hmm. too, out of Mays and Atlanta. Good Lord, I think he's a beast. I, I, you know, I think he's the kind of guy you need to sign if you're the Gamecocks. Uh, evaluate, identify, and sign. I mean, he comes from kind of that same stock as a, you know, Devontae Wyatt that went to Georgia that ironically was committed to Carolina. Uh, DJ Wantham. Uh, that type of guy. There were some guys at Arkansas, Tracy Rocker coach back in the day that went to the NFL that were from inner city Atlanta like that. Um, you know, the list goes on. Lorenzo Malden, who everybody remembers. <laughs> yeah. Not to bring up Devontae Hyatt and uh, – or Devontae Wyatt and uh, Lorenzo Malden here, but uh, I like this kid. Now, I guess the question is going to be uh, he's a little raw, kind of a, a developmental guy to a certain extent, but certainly has talent. How serious will Georgia after it um, and all that good stuff? And your thoughts on, on where the Gamecocks stand uh, right now in his recruitment? Yeah, that's probably the, the million-dollar question, JC, is how, how serious is Georgia in their pursuit of him? Uh, we'll see. He's got the official visit scheduled there. Tennessee uh, has one at the end of the month as well. Um, they've Tennessee's had a, had a really good uh, – run on recruiting defensive ends these last couple of years. A lot of guys who who South Carolina has really wanted uh, have ended up at Tennessee. So uh, another one who, like, if if he can hold – if they can, you know, keep him from committing somewhere else and get into the end of next month, maybe they can bring him back back in for that, that end of July cookout and, and really feel good about potentially getting him in the boat. Um Mentioned him being being pretty raw. Like he he was a quarterback before he started playing defensive end as a sophomore at A's. So uh, he's still kind of learning the position. But you, you watch his highlights and, and you can see you can see something there, man. Like he he's he's an impressive player and and uh, 
I, I think it, this was his first weekend. Come this first visit to South Carolina was this weekend, so uh, I, I think it opened his eyes a little bit, and uh, definitely a name that that I think we'll be talking about as long as as long as they can survive next weekend, uh, this coming weekend in Athens, uh, and the following weekend in Knoxville. Uh, I, I think he's a guy that that'll be a kind of a, a factor moving forward for Carolina. What about They're the really running back position? Uh, I, no, I, just, I just wanted to – That was my question. Okay, yep, go ahead then. Take it. You'll probably ask it better than I will. I was just going to ask how the, – the the Fuller kid intrigues me, but I just feel like he's a guy who's going to pick up some steam when they get into the fall with, with more offers. just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, possibly. I, maybe that will depend on how some things shake out for, for some other folks that are running back. But uh, I, I, I think South Carolina is in a, in a good spot for him. Um, He's kind of a quiet, reserved guy who, who doesn't say a whole lot. I mean, we had some some folks on the the old Big Spur message board that were hopping on that Bash Montario train when when they were trying to really uh, parse parse the words from the quote about Hardesty. Like he didn't say six words for any other question. Uh, so mm-hmm. I anyway, enough of that. But I, I I like him as a player. He, he's He's got some some size. He's about you know six one, two hundred and ten ish pounds, and and he runs pretty well. And has, looks like he's got good vision, um, and, and you know runs through contact. So so to your point, JB, like there's there's a lot to like about him and and, and what he can bring to the table potentially, and uh, you know production as well. So if whether he's committed to South Carolina or, or somewhere else or still uncommitted, I. I do agree with you that he could be a guy who who picks up some steam um, in the fall if if you know things continue to play out like they do for him on the field. Yeah, I I, I can see that for sure. I, I saw it at ten point seven nine hundred meters because he's a track guy as well. That's that's getting it pretty good. It's faster than me. I mean, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a good time. I don't care how big you are if you're. Yeah. If you're breaking eleven, if you're breaking eleven seconds in the hundred, and uh, yeah. you're you're moving pretty good, and if you're doing that at two hundred plus pounds, you're yeah, you're getting it, man. Well, that, that's kind of I'm trying to lump all this into. I'm trying to create the picture that I'm trying to describe here. I mean, a guy coming off of an eighteen hundred yard season, who it, it seems his biggest offers are Tech in South Carolina, right? Did I miss anybody? And then he's got I mean, UCF. I mean, they're they're you know, kind of in that okay. echelon sort of a little bit now, in my opinion. But, yeah, UCF would be kind of next up. Okay. All right. But he, and he runs 100 and under 11. It just seems like a guy who has his tape gets out after he goes through the summer camp circuit. He gets into the fall. He plays a little bit more football. He just seems like that typical guy that all of a sudden he he's, he's adding offers from everywhere and you're just crossing your fingers you hold on to him if he's committed to you, which according to Tony's report, uh, you know, South Carolina feels pretty good about this. I sounds like you do too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at where he's at in South Georgia. Um, Georgia University of Georgia obviously recruits whatever running back they want. It's been that way since you know JC was a little kid or Phil, whoever's older between the two of them. It's been going on for a long time, real, really long time, like many, many years. Like so, those guys are old, y'all. So. Then Florida does pretty well too. Like Florida State recruits pretty good at running back too. Like so, 
those sort of main schools that are within that, you know, geographical area uh, that recruit really good running backs. Like there's going to be some guys who kind of fall through the cracks, so to speak. And, and I think, I kind of think he's one of them and, and, and look at Kevin Harris. Like that's an example of a guy that uh, is good enough to play at the schools, but they have like a whole bunch of other guys that they try to recruit and end up signing and uh, they can't sign them all. So South Carolina can jump right in and get them. So I, I think that would be a, a nice place to start as, as they try to, to make this a two-man running back class. And, and uh, you know, if they can get this this guy in the boat in the next couple of weeks and uh, take their big swing on, on Daniel Hill at the end of the month, uh, you know, we could be looking at a, at a really good running back group for South Carolina in 2024. But, but you know, still some work to be done. Let's, let's not uh, get too far ahead of ourselves. Um, but, yeah, man, he, he's, he's a good player. Like, Watch the highlights. What look at look at the numbers. Um, add it all up, and you feel pretty good about it if you get them. So, hail from the last uh, recruiting weekend. Um, you know, uh, Chasing Johnson committed to Pitt. I think Carolina had some guys ahead of him that they, they were wanting to take. Um, I did not hear overly positive feedback about his visit from my contacts. Not that. It was bad, but I'm just kind of like, eh, you know. And sometimes that happens. Kai Sanders, Braylon Russell, Parker Livingstone, I think a lot of people are now saying, definitely saying Texas, uh, Jalewis Solomon, any, anything new on those guys as, as they've continued to take visits. So, Denise White, um, anybody no. think Carolina is in good shape with there? No, nothing new to answer that part of your question, no. Um you know, I, I think Jalua Solomon, uh, again, like like I was saying last week, if they can survive that Florida State trip, you know, maybe that's a good thing. I, he he is actually, I don't know if he's still out at Texas A and M or 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 what, but he he took a, an unofficial out to A and M. I think it was an unofficial. Um, so we'll see. Like like you said, Livingstone. It's even before he came to Carolina, it was always like a you know, can anybody beat Texas type of deal and still looks like that's the case. And um, so we'll see. I mean, it was a small group, obviously, and one's already off the board and wasn't really a, a big-time factor, so to speak, in, in chasing Johnson. And, and and I think there are probably some guys who are ahead of Kyle Sanders uh, at that safety spot, whether it's uh, Malcolm Ziegler or even Cam Michael, Michael, however you say his last name, who could potentially be a safety or a corner. Um I, I, and, and remember, they've already got one safety committed. So, mm-hmm. um, not not an overwhelming uh, group, obviously, but uh, you know, certainly a couple guys who who Carolina could get, then you know that that'd be awesome. But um, I don't. Not, I, I say all that again to say not not a whole lot new out there, per se. Phil, you got anything? I was just, you know, thinking back I'm to the thinking. earlier part of the conversation, Hale, are there enough? Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we're out. No. <laughs> are, are there enough data well, available at this point to, to measure whether or not uh, a good impression um, from, say, a kid's second choice during this recruiting process actually could influence them if they become unhappy at their first choice? 
in this uh, day, you know, with the, the, the portal and NIL? I mean, or, or does or does NIL typically try to drive that? Not that you've been paying, you know, myopic focus on other schools and <laughs> recruiting, but you knowing recruiting, yeah. how, how has that influenced guys? Yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't have any data to, to really back it up, but kind of to your point, though, Phil, it's like, as long as things are, you know, left on good terms and, and, you know, maybe one day down the road, you can, you can revisit that. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't, I don't really have, have a way to answer that um, other than, you know, if it's somebody you really like and you don't get them, you know, you always want to try to keep that door open uh, as best you can. So, you know, maybe, maybe we'll see that, down the road with, with South Carolina and some of these guys, um, whether it's from this class or previous classes, um, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't really have any like a list of, of guys I'm keeping track of saying, well, you know, South Carolina was in his top three or they hosted him for an official visit, but he signed somewhere else. Let's, let's see, let's see what happens a few years down the road from now, if he had, enters a portal. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it's one of those things that, don't want to burn a bridge if you don't have to. Yeah, for sure. South Carolina currently sits at 14th right now in the uh, 24-7 rankings composite. Uh, for those that that worries, Alabama's at 16th. That should calm all of your worries. Uh, <laughs> things will change, and probably pretty soon, because the Gamecocks have a huge recruiting weekend coming up. Uh, not this one, but the following it is is slated to be special and maybe the uh maybe the trend will continue hale the last couple of years shane beamer has really ramped up uh, their their class and and the the players in it and uh this one maybe set up to do the same but um we'll just have to see so we'll continue to follow along with all your stuff i know what are you, are you gonna take the week off or you know you're gonna work what are you, what are you doing uh no, I'm not going to take the week oh. off. Unfortunately, there's more camp going on uh, <laughs> yeah. starting on Thursday. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday be busy, busy doing camp yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. So, Dude, we're, the we're, camp stuff, the summer's crazy, man. Yeah, it is. It is. But you know what? I wanted to, to say this as you're talking about the, the ranking, class ranking. I, I don't know for sure because I haven't looked at it, but I'm guessing – so they're 16, are they 16 now is that what, or 13, whatever you said? 14, 14. 14. Yeah, I said all the numbers about 14. I bet out of the 13 teams that are ranked ahead of South Carolina, I would venture to guess that at least 10 of them, probably more, have at least two more commitments, total commitments than South Carolina does right now. Oh, so, it's, it's more than that. Yeah, it's way yeah. more than that, Hale. I mean, Minnesota's sitting at number 12, but they've got 19 guys committed. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as the average, like the quality of player, there are only two teams who have a average player ranking better than the Gamecocks, and those two teams are named Georgia and Ohio State. That's it. Yeah, and I mean they're know, signed not dudes. bad company. Yeah, eight, eight of the nine commitments for South Carolina are four stars, and they signed eleven four stars last year, uh, right. or you know the twenty three class. So chill out, people. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's all going to yeah. work out. A couple yeah. of them right there on the cusp of being five. It'll too. be all right. Yeah, well, that's a yeah. That's I mean, great, look, there's... that's a great point, yeah. Phil. 
I mean, I JC and and uh, and um, and Hale are. There, is there a guy or two in this class that you think by the end of this cycle could be actually five stars that are already in it? Five? Not 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 like Dylan Stewart. Now I'm not talking about Dylan Stewart. I'm talking about the guys that are already committed. Like, could a Cam mm. Pringle pop up in there? Or? Uh, yeah, like should. him and Josiah are the two or that I'm, I'm looking at. You know, yeah, either one of those guys. Say they, they start out hot, you know, having a really good season this year. And would it shock okay. anybody to see you guys don't break know, that top 32? Think about Cam <laughs> Pringle's ranking by 24-7 sports. I'll say that. And Thompson. I'll say this, you know. Where they are now, I mean, it, to, I think both those guys are playing in an All-American game. I mean, if they if they both go to play in one of those All-American games and and are just dominant, um, then yeah, that's that potentially could happen. I, I don't know that that'll be the case one way or the other, but uh, that's sort of something that you could kind of hang your hat on to, to that question you're asking. JB is like, yeah, if they go out to San Antonio or. Orlando or wherever they do those games now, um, you know that 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 could that leaves sort of a a light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. Maybe I know this: the coaching staff thinks both of those guys are five stars. There is no question in their mind that they have the two best tackles in college football committed to Gamecock football, which I think is just unbelievable. But um, we'll leave it there. Hale, checks in the mail, brother. Good stuff as always. Really appreciate it. All right, I'll be looking for it. Thank y'all. Okay, it's Thanks, coming from Hale. JC. Thanks, Hale. See you, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chicago. Emma hand the Vicksburg. All right, twelve thirty-nine. <laughs> we are teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. It's the coolest club in the Carolinas. Forty-five courses to play in North Carolina and in South Carolina. If you play golf and you play golf this summer or any time in the future of your life, this is the club you want to be a member in. It is awesome. It is so awesome, and I'm so happy I'm a member there because I get to play on a really neat course in North Carolina coming up here pretty soon. So check out travelingcountryclub.com. Time out. We'll be right back. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day. 
by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to travelingcountryclub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Aventive Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Fossil, Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe, and when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues. 
and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Coleman from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are powering through this Monday, 200th episode, which is right. This has been awesome. Yeah, yeah, I, know, well, I was going to text you guys, but I was too yeah. sad on Saturday. That's all right. We, yeah, we didn't really. Jamie had it right, though. He sent me some photos <laughs> from the beach. I was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, well, mm-hmm. see, yesterday, uh, see, uh, so we've, we've been on a great streak of great weather in Illinois. Like, my friend Ryan, who grew up in Wisconsin, told me, he's like, you're going to freaking hate it there. You're going you're gonna to freaking hate it there nine months out the year. He's like, but there'll be these days in August and July and June where you're like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. Because it's not as hot and humid as it is down there, you know? Mm-hmm. And that gets old after a while. <laughs> but we've been on a streak up here of like 82 and sunny for like 11 straight days. Yesterday after the, the – after the Gamecocks lost, the clouds rolled in. Uh-oh. It was windy. And in the low 60s, and wind. I went and picked up our kid. He, there's this thing called Canal Days over in Lockport. It's like a festival, fair, whatever. He went with uh, the kids these days are wearing the short, tight shorts. He went yeah. with that on and a shirt that like looked like a smedium. Uh-oh. I'm like, I bet you were cold, buddy. He's like, bruh. Bruh's, bruh's, bruh's freezing, bruh. He's like, I don't love my weather app. It says it's going to be 62. Bro, the wind, bro. Bro. Anyway, <laughs> Nat didn't pick him up from football about 30 minutes ago. And so he just called him. I was like, bro, mom, bro. I just walked to the gym now. Uh, bro. And I bet he was cold then. It's a little chilly outside today. Nevertheless, the sun's out. I don't know where I was going with that. But uh, I just thought it was very symbolic. <laughs> That when the game started the uh, NCAA tournament, we're, we went on a big streak of great weather. And then as soon as they lose, it's kind of rainy and windy and nasty and the sun's out. So I, I didn't get to go to the beach yesterday, but I appreciated Jamie sharing his beach day because had I had that nice weather, I probably would have been out uh, outside as well. But instead, yeah. I just uh, kind of hug in the house and did some snuggling. And cried. Well, I mean, my my kids. <laughs> I didn't take it. <laughs> my kids, they love the Gamecocks, but uh, they honestly could have cared less that they got beat on Saturday, and they wanted to go do something fun. So we, I said, well, I'll tell you what, we'll go eat out at Whaley's. If anybody's ever been to Edisto, Whaley's is awesome. And uh, went to the beach and stopped at the market and got some tomato pie that we're going to have for dinner tonight. And that's serious stuff there, tomato pie. Mm. That's good. Jan is not impressed with Condren Ballpark in Gainesville. 
Well, I said it's a dumb callback. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, Jan knows she's I, been all over the place. I so to Jan's point, I um so obviously it's better than what they used to have. That place was awful, uh, but it doesn't. It it had the environment because it had the drunks there on the, over the weekend, but it's not like Founders to Jan's point. Like it's a very laid back Florida type deal right you got lawn chairs in the outfield you got grass berms all over the place like at founders park you're in a ballpark and that's how coach tanner wanted to build it you walk around the whole thing and there's seats everywhere there is a berm for students but um but yeah i i understand what he's saying totally and uh don't i wouldn't disagree with that it was a great this was their best atmosphere ever probably the best atmosphere in the history of option well i don't know I'm sure Florida State's probably had a heck of a super regional before because Florida State has pretty good baseball fans, but um, but it's the largest. It was the largest college baseball crowd ever in the history of the state of all the schools that are down there. Even Which even Central Florida can't even like put that on a license plate. Like Florida like, happened there. Crowd national <laughs> champions bounce house nights. Now, and I've been to Florida State's ballpark. Florida State's ballpark looks. It's older, much a little older than Founders, but when Carolina was still playing at the Sarge, uh, I saw Florida State's ballpark. I was in Tallahassee for a football camp, and it's it's, it's nice brick columns outside. Yeah. It, it looks like a baseball park, yeah. like, like yeah. Founders. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, those people that say, "Oh, Founders isn't what it used to be." Obviously, you're always evolving and, and upgrading in the SEC and any sport, whatever. I think there is a round of, of renovations on the docket with uh, the 1110 project uh, or whatever you want to call it coming up. Um, but it still is a top five venue or at least a top 10 venue in the country. I mean, oh, it's, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. it's just, it's a beautiful, people that aren't familiar with it. I mean, like, I get it. If you look at it every day, and then you see some really cool stuff that like Mississippi State's doing with the condos and the outfield and stuff. Or you watch Ole Miss and all their students are throwing beer all over each other in the outfield. Obviously, you're going to go, oh, man, that's, that's, that's really cool. And when you're not winning, you know, it's kind of the same way. But um, yeah. I, uh, for people on the outside, Founders is still amazing. You know, oh, so spectacular. Jan, we got to hit a timeout, but just out of curiosity, what is your favorite ballpark? in the SEC outside of Founders? I mean, if you've been Mississippi State, I think I know where you're going with this. But uh, give us give us your rundown of ballparks, and we'll, uh, we'll fuss and discuss when we get back on Inside the Gamecocks of the Show, powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. Buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NML. LS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company. 
where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida, and you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox! On deep drive to left, Morgan looks up and it is gone! The 2 is sent to center, and this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up and it's gone. <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> Jamie you, you nailed it. He actually, he is Shane's son. Uh, he just, uh, they had to change his name before he got here. Uh, he is the Ethan Beamer. <laughs> Ethan Beamer. <laughs> uh, he's Ethan Beamer. Uh, Jan says MSU and Arkansas are the only other parts I put up there. Yeah, I, 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 um, I haven't been to LSU, but I mean, everybody I know that's been there said, I mean, the atmosphere is just awesome. As far as the, like the ballpark, like the ballpark, the ballpark, it's yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, I was gonna say Arkansas. Yeah, I agree with Jan. Look, oh, Arkansas. Like, yeah, Arkansas well, looks like man, what a hell of a place to play that be. Yeah, <laughs> they took a lot. Like when they built, uh, Yo, that's not true. That's not even remotely close to true. I'm talking about the ballpark, the, not not even they built close. Founders and a Colonial Life. They they went to Arkansas and sort of got a lot of ideas. A ton of them, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, both yeah. of them were kind of over the same. I think with Alex Box is the old Alex Box was like renovated. It wasn't quaint like it wasn't like like the Sarge would have been like a Wrigley type of place, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quaint. Jan's right. Jan, Jan hit the nail on the head there. They renovated. Yeah, absolutely. LSU yeah. did a lot like what the Yankees and, and White Sox did. They, they they tore down iconic ballparks and built a new one called the same thing. That's just kind well, of like. That's what they were going to do at the Sarge. And then they they looked at it and looked at it and looked at it and looked at it. And then finally, Coach Tanner said, I think this is what we really need to do. He was right. I mean, I missed Sarge dearly. And and Founders isn't done either. I mean, man, there's going to be a river walk area down. Never mind. I I don't need to really be talking about that right now. I still Shut your wormhole, sir. Hey, ignore that. Say, I just easy. I made that up in my head. I made that up well, in my head. Well, let's just say but there yeah. were a lot of red boxes around some of that empty land around there. <laughs> That's what we did get to see. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but LSU, it is the atmosphere. They're, they're, they have great fans, man. And uh, <laughs> depending on who you talk to, they have great fans. If you're if you're an Alabama fan, you're yeah. probably not pleased with them. Uh, I don't know that Georgia fans care. I, I always continue to say my Georgia friend that got hit in the face with a ham sandwich is funny. And I'm not talking about just like ham and bread. It had mustard on it, fully loaded ham sandwich. I Came think flat, 
upside his old big old Georgia head. You know, George, big old Georgia head. And yeah. I don't even know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think I think I I think to Jan's point, I think Mississippi State is one, Arkansas is two, and I'd say Founders is three, and then probably. Yeah, I mean, you've got some other ones that are nice. Like Bama's done a nice job, Auburn's done a nice job, Kentucky's done a nice job, yeah. Florida's done a nice job. Ole Miss is a neat. I mean, uh, Blue Bell and at A and M is nice, but like none of those. Like when, like I, I, I have not been to Blue Bell and I've not been to Baton Rouge, but I've been to pretty much all these other ones. And you don't have the wow factor of founders outside of at Arkansas or at Mississippi State. Mm, yeah. Everything at A and M is nice, by the way. I mean, their their old stadium was a double decker, you know. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's nice. I mean, A and M is nice. Ole Miss, it's, it's you could probably say the same thing uh, that you do in, in football. It's Neat the atmosphere. It's the atmosphere. Ole Miss is a football stadium is like a five A high school program from Alabama. I mean, literally, <laughs> there's one. There's no double de- upper deck. It looks like it's just kind of thrown together. Vault Hemingway is not a cathedral, but the atmosphere and the grove and all that stuff, I mean, it yeah. makes up for it. Um, so it, it's well, just like, good to be in the SEC, you know, at least we're well, not like, sitting there arguing about Wake Forest ballpark. No, but they, <laughs> I mean, there's, I, yeah, I, let's not go down that road. Blind Squirrel chimes in. I appreciate that. But like, he's a Georgia guy. I, I am still befuddled at how Georgia baseball has not invested more money into that ballpark. And really made it what it can be, and signed all these players. And I mean, I—that's a place that I'm—I just I don't get it. The best players in the it, country it, are right down the street in Atlanta, and it's, it goes deeper than that. They do the same thing in basketball. The Stegman Coliseum that they did remodel and they get better crowds there now. It was a barn, and Atlanta is a hotbed for basketball. I mean, there's no reason why the University of Georgia shouldn't be elite in all of those. And then the baseball stadium, you know, is what it, it, they don't. And uh, their athletic director did say they built some new, like, locker rooms and, and student-athlete areas, which are good. But they still don't, like, waive in-state tuition for out-of-state recruits. I mean, I guess I guess their feeling is we got enough players in the state. You either go do it or you don't. That still puts you at a disadvantage, I think. Um, yeah. So they don't really invest it, and there is a welcome home. Yeah. yeah. Tweet from Beamer. Uh, I doubt we'll get to it today, but we'll certainly be talking about it tomorrow. But this is uh, it's all very interesting stuff, a good good conversation today. And uh, sorry I got a little testy earlier when somebody said something was laughable. I just uh, it's not feeling that today. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, you know. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Supposed to be a kinder, gentler JC. Have a Coke this time. Richard it was Pryor. rainy and bad up here, too. Richard Pryor told Eddie Murphy about Bill Cosby. Said, Tell him I, I said I have a coconut smile. Have a coconut smile. <laughs> you <laughs> cannot say filth, flarn, filth oh, into man. people. I didn't say no filth, flarn, filth. Who is America's uh, dad now? <laughs> Thanks to oh, Hale McGranahan and John Whittle for joining us. I really do appreciate all of you. We'll 
Continue to recap the 2023 Gamecock baseball season throughout the throughout the week. We've got lots of football to get to as well and plenty more of pretty neat stuff planned. I think you're going to like spending the summer with us a lot, as a matter of fact. And uh, we certainly can't wait for that. Everybody, uh, have a marvelous Monday. Have a Coke and a smile. We'll see you tomorrow at 11. A glass of Loggins. Cold glass of D-Log. Frothy Stein of Dowell Loggins. That's right. At 11 from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barn Dominium Co. The Barn Dominium Co. Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll see you tomorrow.